0: Hey, I'm Devin here at Pathway Church, and I want to invite you to come join us this Sunday at 10 a.m. Throughout the Old Testament, we read stories when God appeared here and appeared there. And we saw two weeks ago when we were talking about Moses, and we saw what God did in the life of Moses. And then whenever we looked at our Running with the Giants series last month, We looked at Elijah and uh, a few other uh, major heroes of the faith and how whenever Elijah uh, needed God... uh, an event would happen. He would pray for rain and rain would show up or fire would come from heaven. There were major events that took place in the Old Testament. And then in the New Testament, there's one specific event that takes place and then something changes. There's an event in the New Testament that takes place called the Upper Room Experience. Anybody know what the Upper Room Experience is? When the Holy Spirit came and filled all of the apostles and everyone in the room. And then at that point... Events from God begin to shift, and it went from being an event to being a lifestyle of God showing up. Something happened when the Holy Spirit came that no longer was there these crazy, uh, miraculous events taking place, But the Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit came to live inside of us as believers, and the lifestyle of our lives began to transform. Uh, We could say it this way. In the Old Testament, God would show up with specific people for specific purposes, and in the New Testament, Jesus would show up. He sent the Holy Spirit to remain on earth to show up in every single circumstance. You didn't get that. In the Old Testament, the supernatural was an event. In the New Testament, the supernatural became a lifestyle. Are we following me now? Okay. A lifestyle that we all have access to. A lifestyle that you and I can possess. A lifestyle that we can walk in. A lifestyle that gives us the authority of what the Word of God promises to us. Today I want us to look at the lifestyle of the supernatural. In order for the supernatural to operate in our lives, we have to first of all examine our lives inwardly to find out if we are in a place for the supernatural to take place. The supernatural is no longer an event, but it's a lifestyle for the believer. The Bible says in Romans chapter 1, verse 17. If you have your Bible, you can pull it out. I did not put it in your notes on purpose because I want us to every once in a while pull out our Bible. I think that's a good thing. So pull out your Bible or your phone app, whatever. And it says, For in the Gospel a righteousness from God is revealed. Romans 1, 17. For in the Gospel a righteousness from God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Say it again. The righteous will live by faith. Is living a one-time event? It's a trick question. Is living a one-time event? Or daily do you wake up and choose to live the faith-filled Christian life? It's a setup. Just give you the answer. <laughs> Whenever we look at great men and women of the Bible, we see a lifestyle that was lived. We see something take place that the supernatural is as natural as you and I sitting, standing in this room right now. So a lot of people think, well, that was the Bible. They were the Bible people, so there was something there that's not for us today. I get that. But I want to give you a little history lesson with what we call some of the generals of the faith. It's kind of fun. This is where I geek out, but I kind of like it. There was a, a story by the, in the early 1900s by a man by the name of Smith Wigglesworth. Anyone ever heard that name before? Yeah, Smith Wigglesworth had bona fide documented, prayed for people that were dead and God raised them to life, documented by medical doctors. There were major miracles in his life that took place. The supernatural was very natural to him. There is another man which we're going to dive into, just the highlights of it today, is a guy named John G. Lake. Anybody ever heard of him? He's one of my favorites. If you haven't studied this guy, go study him. It's absolutely incredible. Uh, John Lake had tremendous miracles. There's another guy by the name of A.A. Allen. you ever heard of him? Yeah. So he's a little bit more modern day. You can actually go on YouTube and watch some of his miracle meetings and see healings, see things take place on camera right there. The other one's a little bit older before cameras and all that stuff. The the video equipment that we have. So it's kind of hard to see that. But John Lake is who we're going to kind of do some highlights of. And John Lake, um, he owned a newspaper. He owned a lot of real estate. He was a very financially uh, successful person, very much what I would say, not weird. (laughs) Because you know, you get into the supernatural, a lot of people start getting weird. This guy is straight laced. Very true, just a, a, a humble man, a great man. But the thing about John Lake was that he was one of 17 kids, 16 kids, one of 16 kids. Whenever he was a kid, eight of his siblings died because of health issues. Five of his other siblings had tuberculosis and other diseases. He grew up in a family that was extremely sick. All he knew growing up was sickness was a part of life. He didn't know anything other than that. Well, one day he heard about a guy named John Alexander Dowie. I know I'm throwing out a lot of names out there, but John Alexander Dowie had a place in Chicago that was a church that was an evangelistic miracle. Like the, the, the worst, is that the right proper way? The worst sickness, the, the more sick you were, the more he wanted you in his meeting. The guy saw amazing miracles on the backdrop of his stage was all the crutches and wheelchairs hung, all the deathbed gurneys that were laying, they tied and hooked. So because so many people's lives were healed under his ministry, John Lake heard about this guy and said, if it's real, I'm going to find out. He said, I've got sick brothers and sisters. Let's go see. And so he took one of his brothers from Washington to Chicago. And while he was in that meeting, within moments of walking into the church service, his brother was completely healed of tuberculosis. He he said, well, this is a fluke. But the good thing was he had a couple more sick people at home he could try it out on. So he called over. He got his sisters, brought two of his sisters over to John Alexander Dowie's meetings. And guess what happened? The music started. And it was a lot different than what we had today. It was a big crowd and it was oh, all this big, just big. And within moments of the music starting, both his sisters completely healed. John Lake said, Okay, one more try. My wife is sick. And I know what my wife has been dealing with. So he had the train or I don't know, whatever it was, come and pick her up. And she came. And in the meeting, the worship started, and nothing happened. The teaching started, nothing happened. So he began to doubt. What? Maybe that was just the emotional high of the moment. And then at the end of the meeting, Dowie gets up and says, If you're still sick, I want you to stand up. And John Lake's wife stood up, and the moment she stood up, perfectly healed. The miracle healing didn't come the way it happened for somebody else, but it still came. (laughs) As you can imagine, Lake began to develop this hunger for God. God, if this is really you, it's got to be in your word. Because if it's in your word, I can believe it's true. And late grew up going to church. His mom took him to church. They were very often in church. And he had never seen the Spirit of God move like this before. So he said, God, I, didn't, I don't know anything about this. If this is you, it's in your word. And he began to go on a quest to find out if this is real or not. And let's look in your outline. When John Lake came to the, the first verse we have chapter, or, or Acts chapter 10, it says, "You know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power." Everyone say, power." power. and how he went about doing good and healing all sorry all, all. who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Once he read this single passage, he began to study it, he began to meditate on it, he began to read it over and over and over. He realized for the first time in his life, the supernatural was just as much as part of his life than it is for any believer out there. It's no longer for the man up on the stage or for the disciples in the Old Testament or for what happened in the Bible. The supernatural is available to you and I today. So, what did he go and do? He up and sold everything. And he moved to Chicago. He said, I want to be around this. I want to be around this. I want to see what God's doing. And whenever he got to Chicago, he went to uh, Dowie's meetings and he, he he began to volunteer and serve for him. And then he began to have this desire saying, God, I want you to use me like this. And so for nine months lay, put himself aside from everybody else and he prayed and sought the Lord every day all day long for nine months. God, if this is you, if this power is available for all these people, for for Dowie, for, it's available for me. So I'm seeking after you. I'm going after the anointing. I'm not going to stop until you put your hand upon my life and at nine months he was called by one of the pastors in Dowie's church and said there's a lady who is extremely ill and I'd like for you to go pray for her and I'll go with you and Lake said okay let's do it and the story goes when he walked into the lady's house the pastor that was with him began to pray and nothing happened the moment John Lake spoke his word, the presence of God filled the room and the lady who was within days of dying got up off her bed and walked out completely healed. He had been alone in the presence of God. After this happened, as you can imagine, John Lake began to be excited. He said, God, do you use me. This is amazing. And he went and spent another six months seeking after the Lord. And during that time, he had a heartfelt burden that said, I need to go to Africa. He took his family, sold everything, and the story goes... Um, you heard me talk about two weeks about a guy named Reinhard Bonke. You know that name? Yeah. Big evangelist, Reinhard Bonke. This story was told to him by somebody who was with John Lake. So he said, it's, it's as true as you'll ever get out. And it's, it's pretty powerful, pretty miraculous. But when John Lake got to Africa, they said, the story goes, it was as almost if the Holy Spirit was at the train station, bus station, waiting for Him to show up. Because the moment He landed in Africa or got to by, by boat to Africa, the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, came upon Him. And within five years, One million people gave their lives to Jesus. He raised up over 1,000 pastors to now disciple these new converts. Because they didn't have anything like this before. But here's the thing. Here's the the, the cool story that I want to get to. Whenever John Lake was over there, there was a lot of highs and lows he went through. You can study that later. I'm going to talk on one of the highs was one of the government officials came to him and said this plague is sweeping through Africa you are sure to die you don't have the same immunity that we do there's been many many american evangelists and pastors come over here they've all died and they've all had to go home you won't survive john lake smiled and said well gods called me to be here and he said the government official said no 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 we've got to shut down these meetings It's going to kill thousands of people. that ring a bell? (laughs) And he said, okay, let me show you what my God can do. And the government official and Lake, they go to the local hospital, and they pull out one of the top surgeons. And Lake goes to him and says, "Uh, I want you to get a tumor that is alive and deadly and bring it and put it on a microscope and prove to us that it's alive." So the doctor knew who Lake was at this time, said, okay, and he went, got a tumor, they put it under the microscope, and that tumor was alive. If it would get on your skin within moments, you would be infected with this disease and ultimately lead to death. John Lake reached down and picked up that tumor. He put it in his hand and clenched his fist. He closed his eyes, and no one knows what he said, but all, he, all, all the story says was that he closed his eyes, and you could see his lips move under his breath. I'm assuming he's saying, Jesus, don't let me get this disease. I need you to help me. But uh, I'm assuming he's saying, Lord, this belongs to you. And he opened his eyes back up. He laid out his hands, and the tumor was completely dead. They put it back under the microscope to verify, and the doctor said, There's no more life in this tomb. It has shriveled up. The government official looked at Lake and said, you can continue to conduct your meetings now. (laughs) What happened? The supernatural lifestyle became a normal lifestyle in the one who was willing to pursue the supernatural. John Lake would go on to stay in Africa for a few years. He would move back to Spokane, Washington, where he would end his life there. Or his life would end there. He didn't end it. <laughs> and while he was there, he opened up what's called the healing homes. And people that had diseases could go. And they had documented over 100,000 healings that took place in under five years. Medically confirmed where people would go into his houses and they would receive prayer and they would get healed. They went, uh, John Lake would go into the hospital there in Spokane, Washington. He would go in the morning and when he came out at night, there would be no more patients left in the hospital. (laughs) Spokane, Washington, by the government of the United States was declared the healthiest city in America because of John Lake. When one person was willing to go after God like nobody else. The supernatural became a part of his lifestyle, and thousands upon thousands upon millions of people were changed because the supernatural became natural. There is a lifestyle that the believer can live and in that lifestyle, the supernatural is as normal and as natural as you and I right now. But are you willing to go after it? Are you willing to say, God use me? Are you willing to pay the price for the supernatural To operate in your life. And you say, Taylor, I I, I want the supernatural to operate in my life, but I don't know how to get there. There is a lifestyle that we are called to live. And that lifestyle will allow the supernatural to begin to take place. And that is what I want to spend, uh, spend the remainder of our time together today talking about. Is how to live in the Supernatural. But we gotta lay some groundwork first. Let's look in your outline. There is a progression to the supernatural. First Corinthians chapter three. I fed you with milk, not solid food. You were not ready for it. Even now, you are not ready for it. So I fed you with milk, but I couldn't feed you with solid food because you weren't ready for it. Why not? Because there was a progression that needed to take place and you didn't take place in the proper progression to be able to be fed on what you needed to be fed. You you can be fed for a while on milk, but if you stayed drinking milk, what would happen? you would, your body would not form, you would not develop properly. So what do they do? As a baby, you you drink milk, and then whenever you graduate from milk, they give you those little nasty smashed up peas, and you eat those things. And then once you do the little nasty smashed up peas in that bucket, what do you do then? You eat bananas that are smashed up. And then once you eat bananas that are smashed up, what do you do then? You eat those little crackers that get dissolved in your mouth that are safe for the kids to eat. And then once you learn how to eat the dissolved crackers, what do you do? They start giving you a little bit of food with little more substance there is a progression that you grow through in order to get to solid food so if you come to church and think hey i came to church on sunday and now i'm going to operate in the supernatural you never went through the progression if you think you can come to church and the blessings of god are upon your life because you gave five bucks in the offering the supernatural will not take place when it comes to your budget whenever you look at your marriage and you look at your family you look at your kids and say i have not followed the progression how can you expect the supernatural to take place in those areas There's a progression to the supernatural. Adrienne told me, and correct me if I'm wrong, Dodies, that uh, Lincoln lost like seven teeth here recently. But she was like, it was a progression. Well, we, we, yeah. <laughs> But she went like five, six years and didn't lose a single tooth. And all of a sudden, a bunch of teeth fell out. Yeah. Yes. Ab- I don't know about you, but uh, Abigail, yeah. has he lost any teeth? Uh-huh. she was four she She started losing teeth early and started going through it you're like well what does losing teeth have to do anything I can't compare Abigail to Lincoln Doty why they're not the same people You can't compare your walk with God to somebody else. You can't compare where you're at spiritually to somebody else. Oh, this person's up here. So they're like, no, 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 no. It's between you and God. Don't worry about where someone else's journey is at, where they're at on their pathway with God. You worry about you, and you go all in in what God's called you to go. So don't look at somebody else and say, well, how come it's working better for them? How come it's working more for them? How come it seems to work out? So what? You worry about your pathway. Do I sound mean? I don't mean to be mean, but you are on a different mile marker than other people. But here's the thing. We're all on the same pathway. And whenever you're at a different mile marker, it doesn't mean that you're not as adequate or not as good. It just means you're at a different location. It doesn't mean you won't get to Dallas at the same time or the same location, the same place. It just means you started later. It just means that you're learning differently. It means that you might have got detoured. (laughs) But you get back on that pathway for the supernatural. Okay, Hebrews 5 in your outline. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again. (laughs) The basic principle. Haven't we all been there before? Oh man, i got to go through this again. Okay. Okay. You need milk, not solid food. Verse 13, for everyone who lives on milk, listen to this, this is powerful, is unskilled in the word of righteousness. There is a progression. But if you stay at the milk level, what does it call you? Unskilled. So if you are unskilled, what's that mean? You can be skilled. So there is a progression to what you have to grow through. If you are unskilled at something, do you just say, you know what, I give up, I quit, I'm not going to do it? No. You learn and develop the skills necessary to become skilled in that area. You come to church and... You hear and learn the basics. You hear and learn what takes place. But here, you don't become skillful. You become skillful when you walk out that door. The other day, uh, I was a glutton for punishment. I looked back to January when I started preaching, and I was like, golly... The content was pretty decent, but the delivery was terrible. Like I just was terrible. And I begin to think about it. It's like over the last nine months here, what am I doing? I'm becoming skillful in the calling upon my life. But we look at it and say, well, I can't do that, so I'm just not going to. There is a progression that we grow through to become skillful in the call of God that's upon our lives. I want to encourage you. We have on the first Sunday of every month a prayer gathering. And this is an incredible place to come and grow in your skills. It's a safe place. You can come try stuff. You can come uh, because we've got to become skillful in hearing God's voice. We've got to become skillful in the supernatural. We've got to become skillful in the things that God has called us to do. But how do we become skillful if we don't have people around us who can help us? So you come to these monthly prayer gatherings and you can become skillful. We'll give you time to pray with each other, to help each other, to experiment and try things out. That's how you become skillful. You're not a professional. I heard a pastor say the other day. I don't know if I should say that. I'll say it anyway. She said, uh, when I was learning to hear from God, I'm paraphrasing. When I was learning to hear from God, God told me I was 50% accurate. She said, I had to become skillful in hearing from God. And then she said, I would rather be 50% accurate than 100% wrong. So you can't look at your life and say, you know what? I'm just not going to become skillful in that and step back and do nothing. You've got to try. And the more you try, the more you become skillful. We're family, right? So we can try. 1 Peter 2, in your outline. Like newborn infants long for spiritual milk. So therefore, that shows you right there. In your inner witness, there is something that longs for the supernatural. You think a lot of people are trying to find it in other places? Because God hardwired our DNA to long for something more. Okay, sorry. That by it you may grow up into salvation you desire for baby milk and when you're a baby that's all you need but as you grow up you develop more and you need more you need more substance you transition from milk to solid food the supernatural can take place in your life when it becomes a lifestyle of being skillful in the word of God did you get that? The supernatural can take place in your life when it becomes a lifestyle for you to be skillful in God's word. That You can go home on that one right there. That, that's all you need. At this church, we love you too much to, not, to let you re- remain the way you are. My brother one time said, I don't know if he heard it or he said it or he thought it or something, but he's taking credit for it, so I'm going to give him credit for it. He said that you've got to want more for that person than that person wants for themselves. No, he didn't come up with that. I'm, I promise you, he didn't come up with that. You have, that, that is how dad, mom, Adrian, that, that is how we feel. We want more for you than you want for yourself. We want you to walk in the supernatural more than what you want to walk in the supernatural. So therefore, we're going to get up here and say things and push you and encourage you and motivate you because we understand the supernatural lifestyle is the lifestyle that God has called us to live. And we want to help you grow there. OK, so when we say things, just be like, oh, they love us. Let's take it that way. All right. OK, Romans four in your outline. Therefore, oh, man, this is fun. We're going to get practical. Practical. Um, We've talked a lot. Now you know what you need. Now we get real practical on what you got to do. Therefore, the promise comes by faith so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but also those who are of the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. Verse 17, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead. And here's the verse I want you to understand. Calls things that are not as though they were. He did not speak to what was already there. He spoke to what was not there and called it as though it was there. So many people say, I speak to my sickness. Your sickness is already there. You speak to the health of the sickness. You guys aren't ready for that. You call things that are there that are not as though they were. Three months ago, we did a series called It Takes Faith. I want to encourage you to go back and listen to that series. You can go on our website, go on YouTube. It's going to dive into what faith is and what faith looks like. But I wanted to say one thing real quick on the top of the back of the page, Romans 10, 17. Uh, faith comes from hearing of the... Faith comes from hearing of the... Faith comes from hearing of the... If you want to live the supernatural life, so the first thing you've got to do, write down. It's going to be on the screens behind us. You've got to get in the Word. When you are in the Word of God daily, you become skillful at developing your lifestyle into what the Word says, not what you think or feel. The Word has a promise for you, and the Word is the final authority. Look in Romans 4.18. Against all hope. Say that. Abraham in hope. So against all hope. Abraham in hope. How does that make sense? Believed and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. One translation says it, against hope, believed in hope. So that would imply there are two realms of hope. There's a hope in the natural, and there's a hope in the supernatural. God spoke to Abraham And in the natural, there was no hope for him. But in the supernatural, he had the hope of God's word. So Abraham said, I am going to go against the natural hope. And I'm going to align my faith with the hope of what God said. If you are going to live in the supernatural, you must align yourself with the hope of the Word of God, not the hope of the natural. The hope of what God's Word says to you. Anything other than what the Word of God says in your situation is natural hope. (laughs) That hope accomplishes nothing. I did that for Matthew. (laughs) You have to put your faith in the hope of what God's Word says. Continue reading, Romans 4.19. Without weakening in his faith. God, this is good. He faced the fact that his body was good as dead since he was about 100 years old and Sarah's womb was also dead. God told him he was going to have a son, but it was not possible in the natural because he was 100. His wife's womb was dead. So how in the world can he have kids? Verse 20. Even though he knew in the natural he could not have kids. Verse 20. He did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God. The second thing you have to do if you want to live a supernatural lifestyle is remove unbelief. You have to remove the presence of unbelief. Abraham recognized the fact that his body and Sarah's womb were dead. But again, his hope was not in the natural but the supernatural. He never considered his body. Your past doesn't matter. Your current situation doesn't matter. Your problem doesn't matter. Your current problem doesn't matter. What does God's Word say? That is all that matters. I'm God has not called this church to be an average, ordinary, another church. He has called this place to operate in the supernatural. He has called this place for the greater glory of God. He has called this place where lives are changed, where healings manifest, where the miracle working power of God is still operating today. This church is called to live. I did that in the supernatural. (laughs) Here, here, and this church is a place where we remove the presence of unbelief. Dad said it last week. You have to change what you profess. So right now, I profess over every single one of you that you walk in the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. I profess by the power of the Holy Spirit that you are not like anyone else in Norman and the surrounding communities. You are a carrier of the anointing in the presence of God. Your situation is turned around because God's Word has the final authority. I speak it by faith in Jesus' name. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Let's look at your outline. Romans 4.20 but was strengthened in his faith." That's part B of the verse. "...He did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise," but then it says, "...but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God and thanked Him." If you want to live in a supernatural number three, write down, you give God glory. You have to become thankful for what the Word promises you. When you become thankful, you activate faith in that situation. On Tuesday night, we took our kids to Atwoods to get Matthew some boots. He said he wanted some boots. And so we went and got him some boots. And uh, Abigail knows. (laughs) Abigail knows who the softy is in the relationship here. I will buy that girl anything she wants. I don't care what it costs, what it looks like. If she wants it, she's going to get it. Well, we were at Atwoods, and Matthew wanted boots, and he's over there looking at boots. He's got his boots on. Show everybody your boots, Matthew. Yeah, "Yeah, those are good-looking boots. Matthew was over there with Adrian looking at boots, and I can't sit still very long, so I start meandering through, and all of a sudden, I feel Abigail right behind me, and I'm like, hey, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm walking with you. I'm like, why are you walking with me? And she's like... You know, <laughs> I'm like, what? What do you mean? I know. And she's like, let's go look at the toys. <laughs> do you want to? And she's all being suave and debonair, and she's smiling. I'm like, we're not going to buy anything. We just bought you. And we yeah, but that was then. There's something else I want. I'm like, you, you don't even know what you wanted, at I want chickens. Well, we're not buying chickens. What else do you want? And and that's how she tricked me. She's like, she's like, I, she's like, I, I, I want chickens. I'm mean, you're not getting chickens. Well, she's like, there's something else then. I'm like, oh, what else do you want then? Right then, she had me. I lost it. And. She said what she wanted, and I was like, no, we're not going to get that for you. And she's like, well, can we just go look at it? I'm like, no, we're not going to look at it. Okay, let's go look at it. And we go look at it, and she's like, look how cool this is. And I'm like, yeah, that's stupid. Like, why would you want that? Like, that's dumb. That's a kaleidoscope. Like, okay, it's not even a good one. It's not a cool one. Let's, let's get a cool one. And, and, and then I realized what I said. She picked up the cheap one, knowing I wouldn't like that one. So I would say, well, let's look at this one. And then she had me she had me and that gum thing was like eleven dollars for a stupid kaleidoscope at atwoods that you can buy on amazon for $1.99. and i bought her that kaleidoscope and before we were even out of the store she was up in my arms thinking i said abigail <laughs> you keep this up you're gonna get anything you want you can do it to me you can do it to your lenny you can do it to your papa Your mom, not so much. She's a little bit, she can say no. We can't say no to her. But what I want you to get is because of her thankfulness, the next time we go out, she's going to get something else. Because she showed gratitude. Whenever you show gratitude to the Lord, don't you think he wants to do more for you? Whenever you start saying, God, thank you for what you did, you start giving him credit. Lord, thank you for doing this it activates your faith and He wants to do more for you. We've got to live with the attitude of gratitude. We've got to give God glory for what He's doing. And when you are walking in faith, the Word will do what it says it will do. Let's look at our final verse. Romans 4.21 Being fully persuaded that God had power to do what He promised. (laughs) being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he promised number four write down if you want to live in the supernatural you got to walk in faith Abraham was fully convinced that God was going to do what he said he would do it doesn't matter what the situation looks like in the in the natural in the supernatural what's God's word say in your situation what's God said to you in your situation the supernatural is where we live as Christians the supernatural lifestyle is yours for the taking the supernatural lifestyle is yours for the taking if you want to live in the supernatural let's recap number one you got to get in god's word daily number two remove unbelief from your heart Number three, give God glory and thank Him. And number four, walk in faith, trusting that God has the power to do what He has promised He will do. And you will live the supernatural lifestyle. Thank you for tuning in today. For more content like this, visit our website, www.pathwaychurchok.com to see the variety of ways you can download this content and so much more. It's our pleasure that you would tune in And we believe that if you take the content you just heard, write down the parts that spoke to you, and work on a plan to apply it, you will not be the same person a year from now. We hope today you can take this content, apply it, share it, let it change you, and you can become all God has called you to become. Thank you again for tuning in. We'll be together again soon. Until then, keep growing.